Coming up on episode 202 of Wheel Bearings, in the garage we have the 2021 Acura TLX A-Spec, the brand new 2022 Mercedes-Benz S-Class, the 2022 Kia Carnival, don't call it a minivan please, uh, we hear from Honda about the name of their new upcoming EV that will be built by GM. Uh, if you're waiting on a new Jeep Grand Cherokee L, you might have to wait just a little bit longer because a uh, storage lot near the plant got flooded recently. The Woodward Dream Cruise is back this year, and Volvo has decided to make Luminar's LiDAR standard on its next-generation XC90 coming next year. All that and more coming up next. Did you know you can support wheel bearings directly? Head to patreon.com wheelbearingsmedia, and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is Wheelbearings episode 202. I'm Sam Abual Samad from Guidehouse Insights. Uh, I am Nicole Wakelin, and this week we'll do a shout-out to, how about True Car? And I am Roberto Baldwin, and this week I got something from Engadget. Excellent. All right. Well, Robbie, why don't we start with you? What did what did you uh, do for Engadget this week? So I did a, like uh, just like an entry-level, boring sort of uh, car. I did the Mercedes-Benz S-Class. Uh, I went down to oh, so yeah, just like a Hyundai accent. It's <laughs> right? like a Hyundai accent, the Hyundai accents of the Mercedes-Benz lineup. It's got four-door four sedan. It's got four doors. It's got four <laughs> wheels. It's got a steering wheel. They're the exact same car. Super easy to confuse the two. Super easy <laughs> to confuse the two, no problem at all. Uh, yeah, no, I, I drove the the, the latest Mercedes uh, S-Class, the 2021, and it is. Um, uh, I guess I'm happy to report, still a Mercedes S-Class. It still, it still brings it, you know, as sort of the pinnacle of the 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 the, the regular car like uh, luxury sedan. The S-Class is still the top of the heap. I mean, you can go Maybach and talk about Rolls Royce, and you just, you know, when you go sort of insane, yes, it, you can get things above the S-Class. But when it really comes down to it, the the sort of volume vehicle for luxury is still the S-Class. And it is still uh, really nice, really comfortable. I drove it for four hours, four or five hours from L.A. down to the uh, or up to the Central Coast. And then uh, the next day I drove it back uh, to L.A. And uh, the entire time I was very comfortable. I felt like I was being pampered. Um, It is. And this year. Or for this model year, you know, they've, they've done, you know, a little bit of a design refresh. It, it you know, it looks a bit more modern, um, but it doesn't stray too far from what the what you expect from an S-Class. Uh, the interior is very nice. They've actually sort of, I don't know if you want to say cleaned it up or teched it up. I'm not sure which where, where you want to, where people sit on that. Um, they've added uh, some more technology to the interior. Uh, they've, they've changed the orientation of the display from too far away from your hands, uh, landscape to much closer to you, <laughs> a portrait, so you can actually reach it now, which means you no longer have that little touch uh, wheel, a little touch pad that they had in the center console. That that is now gone because you can actually reach the uh, the, the the infotainment system. Um, it's got the latest version of MBUX, um, and apparently has the latest um, uh, virtual assistant in there. Um, it's 
seem to work fine. Uh, you know, I, I it's sometimes it's kind of tough when they're like, oh, we've made it so it's more natural. And you just keep saying things to it, and then it doesn't. You're like, well, wait, how much more natural is this than when I was using it before? It's, you know, it's 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 difficult to sort of tan, you know, figure out a, a uh, how how much more natural it is when you you can't really do drives, or at least at this point, or the point I, I drove the car with like other people in the car. Like you can't have an engineer who will say, oh, well, this is how it's more natural, just because you know we're still sort of slowly moving out of the. the uh, of COVID. Um, but overall, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I drove the, um, the, uh, the S 580 um, and it is, uh, very quick. Well, and quick as in it's a, you know, it's an S class quick, but it doesn't pretend to be a, um, a sports sedan. It is very happy and very willing to show you that it is a large luxury sedan. And so it drives like that. Um, even in sport mode, you're not going to get like, you know, sporty steering, you know, you, you know, it, it, it handles well, but you're also going, it's still going to eat it. You know, it's, it's main concern is to eat up the bumps, to smooth out the road, to make everything like you're, you're, you're driving on a cloud and, and, you know, in normal mode, you're driving on a cloud in, I don't know, sport plus mode, you're driving on a jagged cloud, I guess. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> you're still getting that, you're still getting that, 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 that float, um, you know, you can get it, uh, with either the, um, the three liter inlines, uh, six turbo or the, uh, four liter V8 bi-turbo. And, you know, it's, I, I drove the bi-turbo, uh, it was powerful. Um, you know, I, I, I put the hammer down a few times and it, it delivered. Um, I don't know. I think most people are be driving these in urban areas, so maybe they're going to go with the inline six. I think it probably works best for most folks, but if you uh, if you really need to go fast, you can do that. Um, it is not cheap. The S500 starts at about $110,000, and the S580 starts at $116,300. 300000 yeah. About $116,000. It's a lot of money. It's more money than... <laughs> It's it's more money than some people pay for their house. So there you go. If but you know it's the S class and it has a 3D display, um, which uh, I'm sure you're all going to have questions about. So uh, I'm assuming you're referring to uh, you know this this being equivalent to the price of a doghouse in your neck of the woods, right? Oh yeah, where I live, you couldn't buy a parking spot for that. Um, but I've seen houses for sale in like other states, like Idaho and Ohio, things with the O's at the end. And I am always amazed. Like I could buy a house for forty thousand dollars, <laughs> like, like a like a like a stand up house, or I could buy a house for, you know, a hundred and something thousand dollars. We we once saw a house on Craigslist for two hundred and something thousand dollars in Hawaii. It was on the Big Island. It was really far away from the ocean. It was sort of, and my wife thought it was an error because you know we've lived up here for so long. She's like, well, this has to be wrong. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that can't be correct. <laughs> no, if you kind of look around, you know, it's it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not, you know, it's not prime real estate. It's 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 sort of, you know, as far away as you can get from the from the ocean on the the island of Hawaii. And she's like, oh, oh, okay, all right, yeah, no, it's it is, uh, yeah, in 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 the Bay Area, hundred and sixteen thousand dollars will get you nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. You can't buy nothing. land. You can't buy you can well, a doghouse. Yeah, you could, but yeah, you could you could lease a doghouse like that could be the you down payment. You could lease a doghouse. <laughs> lease a doghouse on someone else's land, like in, like in the there's a condo, okay. and then they have that little like maintenance shed on the top of the building, 
like you might be able to 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 get in there for that much money that little you know five by five maintenance shed so uh i I assume that there will also at some point uh be an amg version of the s class as well is that oh yeah is that a reasonable assumption that is always yeah and that would be this that would be the, the the more sporty one yeah if you're going if you really really need to go fast in an s class for some unknown reason um then there is there will be an AMG version. Anything anytime Mercedes Benz comes out with anything, just bet there's going to be an AMG version. If there's going to be a Mercedes Benz like wagon for your child, there will be an AMG version of it. Uh, even if it's not powered, they will like they will tune the suspension and I don't know give you better bearings. Uh, <laughs> there will be an AMG version of everything Mercedes makes because they know people will buy it. So uh, I'm curious about the the new infotainment system, the new MBUX. Um, you know, one of the things they talked about when they announced the EQS with its what 57 inch you know piece of glass that spans yeah. the entire dash. Um, you know, but it's actually you know three separate displays in there. <clears throat> um, they talked about this idea of this zero layer interface. You know, with the idea, you know, with having such a big screen, you can bring all the stuff to the top surface so you're not digging down through menus to get to different functions. Do they have the same sort of thing in the S-Class uh, infotainment, even though it's a different shape and layout? It's, I mean, you can, sort of, you, you can set the, the infotainment screen into, like, two different settings. One where you have to swipe left and right, you know, to... So when you're, you know, you have this, like, carousel, essentially, of, of features. Yeah. Um, but if you tap and hold down on the home button, it'll... Uh, create a grid, which I think is better because sliding, you know, sliding left and right is one additional thing you have to do. And you're like, you know, you you, you swipe, you look down. No, that's not it. You swipe, you look down. No, no, missed again. You swipe and you're like, oh, no, wait, it was on the previous one. You have to swipe back. <laughs> so you can put it on a grid layer um, and then you kind of see everything you tap on it. And for the most part, they're, you know, I think what they're with they're they're really trying you know with the zero layer stuff is uh, on the eqs i mean it's 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 pretty cool because it sort of learns everything you're doing um you know it, it sort of starts popping and and after about a few weeks of driving so it's going to be really difficult for any of us to test it because we get a car for a week and it's not going to learn how we interact with our car in a week um but the idea is that after about two weeks or so it'll it'll you know oh every wednesday you go here and so it'll start like sort of surfacing these uh behaviors that you do in order to reduce the amount of time you're, you're like you're going oh wait every you know it's wednesday i you know i go to this starbucks to pick up coffee or meet somebody so it's you know i let me let me open up the navigation let me put in the starbucks it'll just like oh by the way this is happening um if you have you know a meeting you know somewhere or whatever it's it sort of starts surfacing um what you're doing with your life uh this version of MBUX, I think they're. I think what they're going to do is probably hold off on it from the S class until it's out in the EQS, and then it'll come out to the S class. I think it's you know it's like you know the first car that had this was the A class, which is sort of crazy to put it on their entry level vehicle. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it'll it'll eventually permeate throughout the rest of the lineup. Um, and you know they're they're really pushing for a lot of voice control when it comes to this, which I am a fan of when it works well. Um, I'm not a fan of it when I have to like do a script where oh say you know it's like oh you didn't say it right and then it pops up instructions on how to ask for directions while you're driving. I'm like, well, this is not better. <laughs> do you think it ever works well? <laughs> yes, yeah. Voice, um, it, voice control. I, it, it's worked well for me. I think uh, Google. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Android Automotive works well. MBUX has worked well for me. 
Um, Siri works well for me sometimes. So Apple, you know, Apple's Maps. Um, who else? I'm sure somebody else has a has a good setting. I feel uh, like Siri's wor- Siri works for me, but 99.9% of the time, whatever OEM, I don't know if it's just my voice. I don't enunciate. I don't speak up enough, but it's forever getting like one of the five words that I've spoken. <laughs> and, and it's, it's like, and then it's asking me something ridiculous. Like the nearest ice cream is here. I'm like, that's awesome. I asked for directions to the airport. Like, I just don't know what is happening. It never seems to get it right. <laughs> that's, that, sound, that sounds like the system that Volkswagen has in their vehicles, which is just utterly, utterly hopeless. Oh yeah. Uh, it's back last, la- last fall. Uh, Rebecca had a VW Atlas, and then I had the Atlas Sport uh, a, few, a couple months ago. Yeah, and it, it was—it's just completely the voice control, the embedded voice control is just completely useless. Yeah. You know, it, she, I think Rebecca was—you know—she uh, did something. She was sitting in front of a post office, trying to get it to give her directions to the post office. <laughs> she was sitting right there, and I mean, it was giving her directions to all kinds of everything but. A post office. <laughs> yeah. And I, I tried it and it was just utterly worthless. Yeah. That's me um, with all of them. But, so uh, if anyone's really looking to test their their voice activated stuff in the car, call me because if it works for me, it's going to work for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's I mean, it, it's unfortunate but that, you know, you have to go up up to the, you know, the highest tier of automotive or plug in your phone in order for it to work. Because, right. you know, the you know, the Volvo system works well because it's Google. I mean, it's Google's been doing this forever. The uh, Mercedes works well because you know they, they want to sell an S class based on this technology, so it has to work very well. You know, if, if, if in, even in the A class when I was using, I was able to like add stops along the way and adjust my route all with my voice, which was really nice. And this is, I think they had that available before Google did, which is pretty impressive for an automaker to do anything before a tech company does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it, but then once you once you leave that, you know, Toyota, Honda, Volkswagen, those are all. I, I just get angry. I just I'm like, oh, forget it. I just it, it, there's a lot of ah, oh, forget it. <laughs> because That's what, half the time I don't even try because I, I'll start. I'm like, no, you know, I should really try this out. I'll start to try it out. It's like, forget it. It's already making me cranky. And I just Siri, take me here. You know. <laughs> also, how tall are you? I am five foot six. I wonder if it's. Am I, I too short? So, literally. <laughs> because the microphones are typically up. No. In, in the in, in the, the headliner. headliner, I wonder if maybe that, that's like, it. it might maybe be an it's issue a height well. thing that I'm exactly the right height. However, somehow I like, like it just misses and bounces. Too. Like I'm, I, the way the I five, angle my you're, seat, you're, it's about, like you're about average height for a woman. Yeah, but that, yeah, they should that shouldn't be an issue though. But it might. Be. I don't know, but you know that's a good theory though. What if like, yeah. however I position my seat, somehow my voice is not going up enough, and my voice is like. <laughs> Ricocheting off the steering wheel and going directly into the floor just mats. Every, every, every time you want to issue a command, just look up at the ceiling. I know. I just look like I'm speaking to God. <laughs> that's it. That's much safer. The whole system much that's safer. Totally to makes it safer than looking at the road. hundred percent. Yeah, I. I oh, as soon absolutely. as it pops, certainly soon as better it, than looking at the screen. That's true. Every every time it pops up, it, it returns any auto. Uh, any vehicle returns with a script on how I have to ask for like directions. Like, Oh, oh say yeah. the state, say the address. So I'm like, Nope, no, nope. no, you've already failed. There's no, there's no you've reason. To... Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to mention this. I'm not going to talk about this. Or if I am, I'm going to say this is uh 1990s, late 1990s. Mm-hmm. I mean, this should not be 
uh, I, it is difficult when it really comes down to it. Like software is super hard. I mean, I mean just ask Volkswagen. Anyone who's driven the ID4 can tell you that software is very hard. I haven't um, driven the ID4. I would really like to drive the ID4. Um, it's a it's a they, good they little moved, car. They moved my my schedule up. I'm getting one on Tuesday. Yay! Uh, oh, lucky! I don't even know if we have one. I should inquire. Well, if you if you're lucky, by the time it comes, they'll have updated the infotainment system because the infotainment there we system, go. So maybe it's a good thing that I don't have not driven one yeah, yet. Yeah, it is. It is a uh, <laughs> and it has. How was this voice control? I think it was just so latent, or, or there was so much latency that I was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna work. What, what What about the overall responsiveness of the MBUX? Was Was that pretty good? You know, it was good. It the, was It know, was quick. Tap was things. A, it was yeah. responsive. It's funny because when I tried it out um, in the uh, pre-production vehicle in LA. Like last summer, last I don't know, whenever that happened during COVID, um, I was talking about how it wasn't late. There was I, I didn't see any latency, but as soon as I said there wasn't any latency on the video, you can see like a late. <laughs> there was latency. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no latency, and it is like, boom, and then it moved over, and I'm like, oh, and so people on YouTube were like, oh yeah, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but you know, using it now, there wasn't, I didn't, there wasn't any. Uh, any latency there was any issue um there wasn't any like really you know there's always there's always going to be a little bit of latency especially um you know the way you're touching it the way you're, you're using it you know sometimes you know you have you, you if you've been touching the same spot over and over again maybe your slimy greasy hands i have very slimy hands um <laughs> wash your hands roberto <laughs> i i do i'm like a salamander um so you know, as you're as you're uh, swiping, you know, sometimes you build up a nice little layer of whatever. But yeah, for the most part, yeah, I didn't I didn't have any I didn't see any, you know they said that the uh, the they've updated the the GPU in there, which is always a good thing um, because you know when you're you're in the vehicle and again it's another a it's it's you know you're buying an S class you should you know you're wanting the best of the best but also it's a safety issue when you're you know when you do something and it frustrates you because it's not moving like it's supposed to. Suddenly, you're thinking more about the bad infotainment system than you are about the road. Even if it's just for you know a few seconds, it's still you know it's not ideal. Um, I will say there was <clears throat> a little bit of stuttering with their AR head-up unit, and it was it was it's it's sort of I felt like I was sort of nitpicking it. But again, it's an S-class, so what happens the, with their? Yeah, you with, should be nitpicking it for that cost. Exactly. So what happens with their um, augmented reality? head-up display as you come to an intersection or an interchange or whatever arrows fly out of nowhere and they show you where to go and it's not and the animation is not quite as smooth as i would like <laughs> <laughs> like there's a little bit of there's just a, a tiny bit of stuttering that i think uh maybe that i i feel like as someone who has a friend who was a uh a mercedes-benz master mechanic they might uh, comp I, the, the, the thing, the stories he's told me about, he's like, yeah, fixing the car is fine. It's finding the squeaks. He's like, people would come in and there'd be a squeak or whatever. He's like, that would kill you because you're like, I don't, where the hell is this squeak that I'm looking for? Um, because people are buying a, a Mercedes S class and they, you know, they want the best of the best and they're paying a lot of money and I, they know. want it to be perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a, there's a little bit of, of, of uh, just a slight bit of, of, uh, of stuttering in the animation as the, the arrows fly out. 
uh, the, the the sort of cool and like safe like for me like great for safety because you know you don't have to look down at the screen and it just sort of like oh this is where i have to go especially in, in a weird interchange or if you if you're an, uh, if you're an american and you have to use a roundabout because some cities have roundabouts you're like what do i do what do i do what do i do it'll point you <laughs> we, to... we have lots of we actually have lots of them around here we have we, we we get more and more every year here in the bay area but People come and visit these, you know, they have some in Santa Cruz, they have some in San Francisco. They get there like, what the hell's happening? What is this insanity? They put uh, two new roundabouts where they built our high school in the small town that I live in in New Hampshire. And they thought it was brilliant. And they put these beautiful light posts, like four of them, around it on the inside. And no one accounted for the length of the school buses that would be driving through there every morning Uh, within the span uh of a week. Three of them had been taken out by buses. The fourth one they took down. Now there are no lights along me. I'm like, who didn't think it's literally in front of the entrance to the high school? It's like nobody considered how tight that was and the corners and what is wrong with you people? But yeah. That's, mm-hmm. huh. I guess the, 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 uh, the, the bus driver lobby isn't as powerful in your small town. as, as Apparently they're... not, that they didn't have enough input to say, guys, we need a little bit more room than what you've given us to make that turn. <laughs> I remember in San Francisco, they were trying to put like some sort of like, um, not median, but on the side, like little, like extend the sidewalk a bit at corners. And the fire department's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we can't go around that corner if you extend it that far. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like these fire trucks we just bought. Yeah, we can't. Fire trucks need to get the fire. We're just gonna drive right over these. And they're like, oh, they, I, I think they they figured something out. I don't know what it was. Uh, in front, across from the uh, the house we used to live in before we moved uh, four years ago, they put in. Um, they they did a road diet on that road. It went from four <clears> lanes with two lanes in each direction to two lanes, one in each direction with a bike lane on either side and a center left turn lane. And for some reason, they decided to put a pedestrian island in right in front of my, our next door neighbor's house. You know, so it was like just adjacent to our house and had, you know, big flashing lights. And, you know, if people wanted to cross the street there. You know, you press the button and the lights flash and cars are supposed to give right of way. And it, it, within three weeks after they put in that island, the first car had already run over the island, knocked down the, the lights <laughs> on the island and the signs on the, line, on the island. Within six months, it had been run over at least five times. It was about an average, just, just about once a month. <clears throat> I noticed last week, they finally they removed it. They just took it out completely, dug it out. So paved over. It, they're like, forget so, it. This no more, isn't working. No more pedestrian crossing there. Was there an, a, what is it, an engineering issue or is it just bad driving? Both? Uh, you both. feel like some I think, planning, I think it's both. Yeah, some planning planning department guy should be like, yeah, so this sounds really cool, but let me tell you what's going to happen if we build this. And that guy didn't work for your city. Or he didn't see that before Okay, so built. in some well, places what I see, they when, have like... When they... They have yellow poles, like yellow, like like almost like a fence around it, so it's like a yeah. bright yellow. Did it have that so you could see? Yeah, or is no, you know, they, yeah, they they had that. There was you know four bright yellow posts at all at the four corners of the island, you know, and then a a, a, a po, you know a utility pole with a you know bright, very bright flashing light, a sign, you know. So as you're approaching it, you know, it says you know basically you know stay to the right, no left turn at this intersection, you know, because you know the the left turn lane was you know, occupied by the island, and yet people kept 
running over the thing. I mean, and it's not like it was in a low visibility area. You know, there was you could see it come. You know, <laughs> as you're approaching it from you know quarter mile away in either direction. I don't know. I mean, it's, just, it's like a magnet. You know, as soon as they put it in there, it it was drawing any car that had any steel into it. They must have put a giant electromagnet. People would turn away right and it in. just sucked them right in. Yeah, I feel like it, yeah. It, the it, response should have been to put more of those in to get people used to them because, like, okay, we're just going to reduce uh, pedestrian safety because people clearly don't know how to drive in this town. <laughs> well, th- what they did was they actually put it in another island two blocks away. So, you know, now now they're the accidents are going to happen somewhere They've else. They've just shifted outside from oh. in front of that house to a new house. I'm so I'm yes, exactly. so confused. Like, like oh, bonk. <laughs> like if it was on like yeah, a blind hill or a blind corner or even within like the first month because people are used to four lanes to two lanes. You know, you, you make changes to a, a major thoroughfare. Right, everyone gets confused. If people get confused, you know, they would put like random stop signs up in my hometown when I was a little kid. And all of a sudden you just see cars like, oh, God. <laughs> just, just sliding through intersections because there was a stop sign where there wasn't one before. But just like, hey, here's a bright, visible thing. People are like, huh, what's that? Crash. <laughs> like moths to a flame. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Oh, I, I did have one other question for you about the S-Class. Yes. Um, the uh, driver assist features. Um, when they announced it last fall, uh, particularly for Europe, they talked a lot about you know having level three partial automation, you know, having a LiDAR sensor and all the other sensors on there and <clears throat> being able to, you know, do hands-free driving with it. Um, is any of that stuff coming to the U.S. market version of the S-Class? I am not sure. I will probably have a better idea of that probably later this summer, though, I'm thinking. I'm guessing. I'm guessing okay. they're probably going to – because I feel like <clears throat> they um, they might be in the same boat as, you know, Audi was when Audi did with their – you know, they had their level three, level three uh uh, traffic uh, pro thingy, and um, they were getting ready to do it. And then they realized, oh, wait, no one, no one's going to let us do this. <laughs> so I think it's probably easier for, for automakers, especially the German automakers, to sort of roll something out in um, in their, their home country. You know, German, you know, the German automakers, you know, a lot of German, like the state of Germany, the, the country of Germany owns stakes in all these soy and these, and these, uh, these firms. Yeah, well, and they have they ha- there has there is a regulation now in Europe for level three automation. Uh, that, that's yeah, being so they have a framework. So it's it's going to be legal over there. Where here yeah. it's it's a patchwork of insanity. Um, you know, when you're, when you're looking at you know you have fifty states, which means you have fifty rules about what's going what's going to happen. And so, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how 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 I I really think it's going to come out in Europe, and then maybe you know. I, they're probably lobbying right now with U.S. regulators to sort of figure something out um, in order to get it over here. And s- at least in some areas, and maybe geofenced, you know, where is it, if it's legal in Nevada, yeah. where where everything's legal, um, you can use it there. <laughs> but it's not legal in California, or it's not legal in Arizona or Utah. And so when you when you pull into the state, like right before you get there, like you know, it's like, hey, you have to know. I'm yeah. turning off your cool stuff. Sorry. <laughs> Well, contact well. contact your local representative in order to. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best way to get people to realize they need to ask their their powers that be to make something legal? It's like every time I drove over the border, it tells me I can't use fill in the blank. Well, call your senator. <laughs> yeah, call your local senator. <laughs> contact NHTSA. You know, they're almost completely worthless, but contact them anyway. 
Nitsa Shade. Uh, That's what uh, people come to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nicole. What what were you driving? I was driving something significantly more affordable than what Roberto was driving. I had the 2022 Kia Carnival, which is all new, and it is not a minivan. It is technically a multi, what are they calling it, multi-purpose vehicle, MPV, I think is what they're calling it. Um, because minivan, like we talked about a while ago, like like wagon is a bad word. So, but essentially yeah. it's a minivan. <laughs> um, so, but it does, you know, on just the like outside, when Mazda did their first minivan, they literally called it the MPV. Yeah. So back in the nineties. See, so it's like, they're trying to pretend it's something it's not. And I get it, you know, marketing matters, but that's, that's basically what it is. And, but you know, styling wise, and they're all the minivans are kind of doing this. It has a very SUV look. Like if you were to look at the side of it, if you didn't see that little track that goes along, you know, the cargo area for that door to slide, it looks like an SUV. Same thing from the front and the back. It has very SUV styling. So it's a good looking vehicle. Um, power, it's a 3.5 liter V6 with 290 horsepower. Uh, so it moves, you know, it's, it's a heavy, it's, it's not a lightweight vehicle, but it's more than capable of getting up to highway speeds and it does it quietly. It has a nice little eight speed automatic in there. Um, and it gets decent fuel economy. It's supposed to get a combined, uh, 22 MPG. I took it uh, on a long weekend up into the White Mountains, so a lot of highway driving. But then once you get there, you're driving in these twisty, turny, up and down, steep, you know, sort of mountain roads. Any place that you go, so you're, it has to work, you know. Um, I averaged after the weekend 24 mpg, which I didn't think was too bad because that beat huh. their combined. Um, you know, like go Kia, their number wasn't way off. I thought that was pretty good, um, and it was also with. Me, my husband, my daughter, uh, you know, and all of our stuff to go away for the weekend. And when we were driving around up there, it was the vehicle of choice because it was between that and something that was a little bit more tight for all of us. So there were six of us riding around in that the whole weekend. Um, So it wasn't like it wasn't loaded up with stuffs. Um, So it was fun to drive. I liked it. It's beautiful inside. And that's the thing, like a minivan is not about being this powerful beast of a vehicle. You're not trying to win races. You're not trying to impress anyone at a stoplight. You're trying to have something that does the job of carrying around your family and your friends and their stuff in a way that's comfortable, whether it's just tooling around town or you're going on a road trip. Uh, That's, that's why you buy one of these. Um, and the carnival does it. It also has, and this was something they have, well, two things cargo wise, it's got tons of cargo room, but it depends on the trim you get. So they have these fancy second row seats called VIP lounge seating. And it is, yeah, right. Doesn't it sound really cool? Um, it's, it's very cool. So they're sliding, reclining seats, and they also have like a little footrest that pops up. So basically, you have your lazy boy in the second row of your Kia Carnival, and they're unbelievably comfortable. Like literally, my daughter sat back there. She's like, what do these seats do? I'm like, push a button. She's like, oh, I'm taking the second row. And normally, she tries to call shotgun. She's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sitting in the second row. <laughs> so they're really comfy. The drawback is that you you have to take them out if you like there's no way to remove them like you can't just like oh fold them down or whatever they're no they are there if you want to use that second row cargo room tough luck 
Um, so you've you've only are they, they're not removable at all. I was or trying honestly, Sam. Removable? I was trying to figure out if they're removable at all, and I couldn't find something to remove them. But when you look even online, like they list the specs for this, this one only has like it's cargo first row, cargo second row, cargo third row. Nope, only to second row when you look up oh. the cargo in this, which makes me think I wasn't missing something. I mean, somebody from Kia, feel free to correct me if I missed it. Um, Oh, that's not fair. Roberto has his doggo on the screen, and I'm totally distracted by right. little German Shepherd. Um, but so you can't. So if you want that, you know that minivan length, you don't really have it. So we overcame that. I wanted to bring a curio cabinet to the dump, and we folded it all the way flat, and like the curio went over the top of the seat, and then so we kind of finagled it. Um, but that's the drawback that you you don't. If the cargo thing is is like you want to all the time be thinking. Oh, I want the second row. No, I don't want the second row. I want cargo. The, these seats, this package, which is the SX Prestige, it's literally the top, tippity-top trim of the lineup. Um, think twice before you do that. This is really more for somebody who's like, my priority is people, people, and people, and just need the cargo space behind the second row. <laughs> so it's it's more like a real SUV in that respect, then. Because real SUVs, you, you can't take out the second row seat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, you know, it's not calling itself a minivan. It's calling itself a multi-purpose vehicle. So there you go. Oh. Um, you you can't, I mean, if you get the other, if you get, there's four trims, I want to say, altogether. So if you don't go with the SX Prestige, if you even just step down to the SX, it changes. And then you can, you know, then you're, okay, you have 145.1 cubic feet of cargo room behind the first row. Um so yeah, that's something to consider. But the seats, they are so comfy. Like I'd be willing to say, forget it. I'll find somebody else to haul my stuff to the dump because I want those <laughs> second row seats. They're brilliant. They're unbelievably comfortable. They make that car feel like a luxury vehicle. Like I know kids will just think they're cool, like cool, whatever. But like adults, I think my brother-in-law fell asleep for the 10 minute ride to Starbucks the one morning. He's just lounging back there, you know, um, and pricing-wise, it's a Kia. So Kia always packs a lot of stuff into a vehicle for a shockingly low price point. So the SX Prestige that I had, which is the top of the line, which had those fancy seats, which has quilted leather trims, it has a 12.3-inch infotainment screen. I mean, it's lacking for nothing, is 46100 Wow. That's, I mean, it's not like it's cheap. It's not That's... bargain basement. For, for what you're getting, it sure as heck is cheap, Jeez. you know? Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a couple of grand less than the than the Sienna that I talked about last time, mm-hmm. and you know while it doesn't have a hybrid powertrain, um, you know it's got a lot of stuff that you can't get in the Toyota, like those VIP seats. The VIP seats, and if you step down one level, the SX, which loses those seats, um, it's forty one one. So, so even co- like, and I think the most the cheapest one, the LX, the base is thirty two. So even if you're getting the most base version of this, which you get a smaller infotainment screen, you know, your trims aren't as fancy and stuff, but you're still getting a good looking vehicle. And then you can have seating for up to eight because it's only obviously two seats when you do the VIP seating as opposed to a bench seat that you can get in some of the other trims. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I liked it a lot. Everything was nice. The infotainment screen was cool. super easy to use. Driving it was a lot of fun. I mean, like I said, I drove it. It was like two hours plus to get to where we were going. So I was just in it for two hours. And the way back, two hours of, uh, you know, end of weekend traffic coming down from the White Mountains in New Hampshire. So it was not fun driving because it's slow and stopping. 
it's really comfortable and really easy to drive. So as a family vehicle, if you want a like fully featured family vehicle that does exactly what that is supposed to mean, it holds your family, it has 9 million cup holders, it's comfortable, it's roomy, the Carnival is a good choice. I was quite a fan. So right. let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you had to choose Telluride or Carnival, which one would you go for? Oh, Okay, it depends who I am. Can I say it that way? So the sliding doors are, if you've got small kids, sliding doors are the best thing that have ever been invented in the history of vehicles because it's just so easy to get a squirming toddler in the seat when you can slide the door open and fully lean into the car. You don't have to, you know, open the door, prop the door, you know, open it with your hand, pull it open, try to sit yourself in there, wedge yourself in, get your toddler in the seat. It's a pain when a child does not want to sit in their seat to work in anything that has a door that swings open. If you have kids that are a little bit older or that's not an issue, you like, you just, you don't care, you know, they go ahead and get the Telluride. If you want something where you've got little kids all the time and you want them to be able to get in and get out, you want to be able to strap them in if they're young enough that you have to do that, I would go with the Carnival. How's that? So it depends what mom I am, at what mom age, what my kids are, what age they are. That would determine stage which one in I'd life. go with. Stage in life, yes. I'm curious how – I wish you had the Telluride and the Carnival at the same time so you could test because I know we talked about having to be a contortionist to get into that third row. Um, so you could test, like, how much of a contortion you have to be to get into the third row of each vehicle. Of the Telluride. It wasn't – you know, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I should preface it. The person who went into the back row the first time was my niece, and she's a gymnast, so I guess that's not fair. Oh, yeah. That's um, but my, my uh, sister-in-law climbed back there, too, and she's, you know, my age. She's a mom. She's – and Susan had no problem getting back there. You know, the, and there's enough space. The, the, um, the VIP seats, they just don't slide front and back. They also do that left-right thing, so you can pull them apart a little bit so the space in the middle is bigger or kind of push them both to the left a little or both to the right a little bit oh. so you can make – you can pick where you want that little extra bit of space to be. So we split it in the middle, and they just walked right down the middle. But it was – it wasn't – it didn't seem like either one of them was having to be a contortionist to get back there. But now I, I need guess, to tell you um, one other <laughs> – yeah. What one one other aspect of the uh, one other thing that might make it dis, um, be a factor in your decision would be uh, all wheel drive because I think the the carnival is front wheel drive only, right? The carnival and is front wheel drive only. So if you're living some, I mean, that's another consideration. Yeah. If you're living someplace where you want um, all wheel drive, then the carnival is out. So that would be a lot of, you know, snowbelt folks. That's a lot of you. But well, not, you know, not necessarily. <clears throat> you know, I mean a, a lot of snowbelt people, you know, <laughs> think they need all-wheel drive, but the reality is, you know, they don't. Well, isn't you know, the big thing like if with, you really look at tires? Yeah, I was going to say the tires like the thing and it's, you know, I've tested like a million vehicles with and, you know, I live in New England. We get lots of snow. And occasionally I get tires. And the first time I ever drove a car, like, I had snow tires on cars when I was a kid because you either you had snow tires and you had regular tires. You swapped them every year, come heck or high water, or you, mm-hmm. your car went everywhere. And then you have all seasons, and I never paid attention to it much. And then I drove on snow tires again for the first time. Like, And I thought, oh, my God, this is entirely different. They make such an amazing difference in the snow. So if you're just looking for a little extra traction and you really like a car and it's front-wheel drive, you can get that if you get a decent pair of snow tires. What you, you know, 
you don't, it's not as good as having snow tires and all wheel drive. You know, it's the all wheel drive will get you out of some stuff that you just are not going to get out of in a front wheel drive vehicle, but a decent pair of snow, snow tires goes a long way to making any vehicle very snow worthy. I drive a Dodge charger for crying out loud. It's rear wheel drive. I put snow tires on it. I'm fine. See, tires are amazing now. Yep. Tires are amazing. This like boring black pieces of rubber, but the technology and how they work is actually pretty weirdly fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean the, 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 the rubber compounds, you know, the, the difference it makes, you know, depending on the, the temperature, the road temperature. I mean, that, that's, that's the big thing about winter tires. It's not just the, the design of the tread blocks, but it's also the rubber compound. Yes. They'll show you all season tires and summer tires get really hard when it gets cold, when it gets below 40 degrees. I did a thing with, God, I'm not going to say the tire company because I'm drawing a blank. I want to say it was Michelin, but they had you driving on an ice rink and they had to show like to, in, mm-hmm. so they could stage it and have it cold and have you see how um, just all seasons handled versus winter tires. And they had this little thing that they gave us as a demo and it was like a little, you know, like six inches long and it had three pieces of rubber and there was just a winter pe- winter tire, a summer tire and an all season tire. And they'd have them sitting in the rink. So they were all cold. And when you could actually feel how very much different each of these three rubbers reacted to that cold and just how hard the summer tires got, you're like, oh, this is they're not really just saying this. There's a significant difference in how each of these tires behave. So there really is some tech there that makes, if you want winter tech, go for a winter tire. Really, you know, it's a pain in the butt to have to change the tires every spring and every fall, but it does make a significant difference. It's it's huge performance difference in your car in the winter. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna Absolutely. be so much happier, especially if you have to commute every day, and if you have to get mm-hmm. up early in the morning when you know you're going under an, under an overpass, and all of a sudden it's icy. You know, you, when, <laughs> the first time you're on summer tires, and suddenly your car gets <laughs> sideways because you're at a, a, a you're at an underpass, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, I should have got those winter tires. <laughs> Well, you know, I the, I had one time I got a vehicle that should have been great in the winter, right? And we normally get everything either has all seasons or snow tires here during the winter months. We don't get tires that are summer tires. And I don't generally look to make sure. I do now because I got a car that had summer tires in January. And I went out and it was snowing and I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> like I turned the wheel. I'm in my neighborhood. I'm going 15 miles an hour. The wheel is literally turned and I'm just still going straight. Just going straight. I'm like, and I couldn't figure out what was happening. I was literally perplexed. I got to where I was going for breakfast and, I'm, and it suddenly clicked. I'm like, wait a minute. I wiped the snow that is co- totally coating the tires off. I'm on summer tires. When I got home, I parked it. I'm like, guys, I cannot drive this. It's literally not safe. I'm going to wrap this car around a tree because yeah. it just goes. It wasn't the car. It was literally the tires. That yeah. was that was what the difference was. They give us a lot. Even in the winter, they give, yeah, me, they, they give me summer tires sometimes. And so once I was like, oh, I'm going to go up to Tahoe. It was like <laughs> January, February. And then right before I was supposed to meet like my cousin up there to go snowboarding, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll take I'll take uh, this car instead of my car. And um, I, I was like, oh, hold on, let me go look at the tires, the summer tires. Mm-mm. I was like, nope, don't do it. Nope, nope, not, nope, nope, nope. nope. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 first the first time I ever had a mini for a review car back in about 2008, it was you know I got it in December and they sent it to me with summer tires on it and it was fine for the first couple of days and then it snowed, it got cold and it snowed. And there's a, a hill in my neighborhood. I'm trying to go up that hill. You know, <laughs> I was going going up this little hill, slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. Finally, halfway up, it comes to a stop. 
would not go another inch <laughs> up the hill. I'm done. Yeah, it just it just started. So I just I had to back all the way back down the hill and go back around a different way to get home. Yeah. Because it, I just had no grip. Yeah. It was completely useless. Which also when you have that back when you have to back up, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Because you're, you're like, okay, I gotta like really be, you know, I gotta be real careful. Are you the, are you backing up or are you just like, you know, sliding sideways down it? Was an automatic? Yeah. Was it an automatic or, or a manual? That I was, I had an automatic um, when I was in my well, horrible experience. I think it was a manual. Okay, so that helps a little bit. So you can do a little yeah, engine braking so, to keep from 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 sort yeah. of locking up by like l- just looking at the brake and then sliding into the neighbor's yard. <laughs> Don't look at me! Ah! Uh, yeah, as, as as a as a former engineer that spent long winters uh, working on ABS and stability control systems in places like International Falls, Minnesota, and and uh, Arvids Yar, Sweden, you know, I'm quite familiar with the with with what happens to tires when they get very very cold. It's not it's, good. It's just not good. And you, you and you get out you get out on a you know on a 1500 foot long sheet of ice on a frozen lake, you know, and uh, you hit the brakes and you just glide all the way to the other end of the That's the like ice it's not even like you're not it's not even snow. like this crazy out of control thing. You just hit the brakes, the car's like nope, and just we'll just get no. to you in a straight line until you uh, scrub still... off all that speed. It's like, "No, I'm going to stop in about 40 feet. Have fun." Uh, we're still going this way, yo. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, okay." Yep. Uh good times. Tires, get good tires. tires. All right. Yeah, get good tires. Even yeah, all seasons will be most, most important. Doesn't matter what kind of uh, powertrain you have, with electric or gas or diesel, tires are probably one the single most important uh, component of your car in terms of how it handles and rides and its overall safety. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
Um, all right. I had the um, the Acura TLX A spec, um, which is kind of uh, the you know, kind of the middle of the the lineup. You know, it's it's the 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 best of the the mainstream models. It's not quite the, the Type S, um, but it's I really like it a lot. Um, you know, when they when they launched the the A spec version of the previous gen TLX, it made a huge difference in the way the car drove. You know, its steering was better, its handling was better. Um, and you know, so this, when they launched the new TLX last year, you know, it, uh, they had an ace back from day one. And, um, you know, in this case, uh, instead of a V6, like the old TLX ace back had, it's got a two liter, uh, turbo four cylinder, which is basically, it's the same engine that you'll find in the RDX. Um, and it's essentially a slightly detuned version of the engine from the civic type R. So it's 272 horsepower um, and I believe about uh, 300 or so foot-pounds of torque. Uh, and it, you know, it's, a, it's a fantastic engine. Um, I definitely recommend you know, that you just put the car in sport mode and leave it there instead of uh, in, uh, in eco mode. Uh, because in eco mode, you will feel some noticeable delay when you step on the accelerator pedal um it was actually kind of surprising and <laughs> uh you know it was it was much more reluctant to take off but in sport mode and even in normal mode um you know it's it's very very responsive when you step on it um, i was just about to A-spec ask him how many has, modes how many modes do you have is it just normal eco and sport just just three just, okay just yeah, curious just what your options modes. were um, and within sport, you know, I think there's some individual settings that you can, you know, uh, you can, you can customize it, you know, for, uh, you know, a little bit tighter steering you know, or, or, uh, heavier steering, a little less steering assist and, uh, throttle response and things like that. Um, one of the things I've long really liked about Acuras ever since the, the first time I drove an RL way back when, um, is the super handling all wheel drive system. So this, this was one of the first all-wheel drive systems with torque vectoring, um, and it's got you know, electronically controlled clutches in the rear axle that will send the torque to one side or the other. You know, when you're cornering, uh, to help the car turn in and, and help it go where it is you're pointing it. Uh, and the the first time I ever tried it actually was on a track, and it was amazing how much better it made it made the car feel. So much more neutral. You know, it just goes exactly where you point it. Um, and, you know, has plenty of grip, it, a lot of fun to drive. And, you know, the system is still fantastic even now. Uh, it's still one of the best systems out there. Um, the, uh, one of the, the interesting uh, things I noticed on this that I hadn't noticed, that it's been a while since I drove a newer Acura, uh, particularly the RDX, uh, probably two years since I drove that. And that was the first one that had their... Uh, their touchpad system that is a, a touchpad with absolute positioning. So we've talked about this, I think, when you had the uh, or when you drove the Type S a few weeks ago, uh, Robbie. The um, you know instead of um, picking up your finger and swiping across the touchpad to to get around, basically wherever you put your finger down on the touchpad, that's where the the selection is on the screen. And you know it takes a little bit of getting used to, but once you get used to it, it, it works really well. But that functionality actually only works 
if you're in the the native embedded infotainment system, so if you're in, the, in you know one of the Acura screens, it works that way. If you plug in either an iPhone or an Android phone and use CarPlay or Android Auto, the functionality of the touchpad actually reverts back to the traditional functionality. So you don't actually get that absolute positioning on the touchpad, which I thought was really strange. When I when I drove the RDX a couple of years ago, they hadn't yet implemented um, the at launch. They didn't have the the CarPlay and Android Auto software running working yet. So I I only used it with with the standard infotainment, and so this was the first time I tried it this way, and so it, you know, going back and forth those two modes. If I was in the the you know the the native infotainment interface or Android Auto, it worked very differently, and it took me a few minutes. It took me a little while to get used to that, um, and it's it's definitely not as good with the kind of traditional. You know, pick up your finger and swipe to to get around. Um, this this is why the the Lexus touchpad system was terrible. You know, for the same reason, it's not a good interface to use in a car. And hopefully, um, hopefully, Acura will address that uh, and make that work properly when you're using a smartphone projection system. Uh, the let's see, the EPA fuel economy rating on the the RDX or the TLX A spec. Uh, is 24 miles per gallon combined. I got about 21 because um, you know I was driving it as as an A spec should be driven. Uh, and still getting 21 that way was was pretty good. Um, and um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, bottom line price 47,775, uh, which you know is not cheap, but it's you know for this type of car and and this new TLX. You know I think the the design of it is is really well executed. You know they they move the the base of the A pillars back. At, you know the proportions of the car look more like a uh, like like a traditional um, you know rear wheel drive architecture, even though it is a transverse front wheel drive. Um, you know so it's got kind of a long hood. Uh, the cabin is kind of set back. Um, you know and it, compare it to you know something like a BMW or uh, you know or a Mercedes. I guess this would be like an E class size. Um, you know, it's it's got great proportions, and, and I, I really like the the new design language on the Acuras. No, I think it looks really good. I it's it's you know I I've never not been a fan of the Acura styling. I think that it looks good, but I think they made this one look a little bit sportier, a little bit more attractive. I it's so easy for cars like this to go one of two ways. You made them so sporty that suddenly they look like they're they're trying to attack the track, and that's not the car they were made for. Like they're so aggressive, you're afraid of it in the parking lot, or it goes the other direction. It's like I am so mm -hmm. mild mannered and sleek, you will not even notice me. And they did a good job with this one. I think the the styling is is really slick on this. I think it looks good. I like it in the, and I, I, in all trim levels, I was looking at the type S too and like, Oh gosh, those look good. They look really good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's move on to some news of the week. And uh, let's start off with, uh, with stick with Honda for a moment. Um, Honda, uh, earlier this year, I think, maybe it was late last year, but at some point recently, um, Honda and GM announced a deal where GM would build a pair of battery electric vehicles for Honda. Honda, you know, as you know, has been very focused on fuel cells. They've never been a big fan of batteries. <clears throat> They've done uh, they've done a bunch of hybrids, but um, they you know the only battery electric vehicle that they've sold was the Fit EV, um, which was a conversion of the second generation Fit, um, and they only I believe they only leased those, and they only leased I don't know maybe about two thousand of them, um, and you know it was a relatively short range EV, so this is going to be their first purpose built. EV, um, and it's going to be called the Prologue. Uh, it's going to be a crossover built by GM. Uh, Honda's doing the, the body design and interior and suspension tuning, um, but uh, uh, GM's going to build it using their Altium platform, so uh, it's going to be just like a Hummer EV underneath. Um, I believe it's going to have a 1,000 horsepower and three motors. No, no I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> Might weigh probably. slightly more even, possibly. <laughs> 20,000 pounds. Yeah, could, could be 10,000 pounds. million yeah. pounds. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, 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 they're calling it the prologue because this is, you know, kind of the beginning of, of Honda's journey to electric. Um, in the second half of the decade, they plan to launch um, their own new dedicated EV platform, uh, so it, it's going to be, uh, it's called the e-architecture. Um, that's probably, we'll start, probably start seeing those vehicles in 2026, 27. The Prologue is launching in early 2024, uh, as a 2024 model. And there's also going to be an Acura built on the same platform, um, both crossovers. Um, and, you know, Honda has said, you know, by 2030, they want to be selling, um, 40% of their of their sales want, or should be uh, zero emissions, 80% by 30, 2035, and 100% by 2040. Uh, they want to completely eliminate internal combustion by 2040. I actually like their numbers better than what and, some OEMs say. I don't know about the 100% by 2040, but some of them are like, in two years, we'll have no gas powertrains. I'm like, I think you guys are getting a little ahead of yourselves there. I like that they're 40% by 2030. Sure, we can hit that. <laughs> Yeah, we could maybe, yeah. sure. We could do that. So, 40, I feel like that's fair. I'm like, that is a reasonable number, Honda. You go. <laughs> you just have to build them. That's the. That's really what it comes down to. They have to actually. Details, Roberto. Build, details. Build it and people Sorry. will just automatically buy them, right? That's, yeah, that's how, how that works, works, right? Whether people want EVs or not, you're just going to buy them. When there's no choice, that's what everyone's going to buy. I believe so. Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe that is the way it works. That's how it um, works. So the, the, the other thing that, uh, that Dave... Um, Oh, why can't I remember his last name now? Um, oh, oh! Do we forget Dave, about the Clarity, Dave. the Clarity EV? Because it was such an easy car to yes, forget about. Yes, we did. 
Yeah. Did we forget about yeah. it? Did we forget? It was a whole lineup of cars that didn't have very well, good range, but were really nice inside and weren't really pretty on the outside. Well, the the fuel cell one had good range. You know, you could go 300 miles in the uh, the fuel in, cell. In clarity. the Bay Area. <laughs> you could go 300 miles around yeah. my house. <laughs> Just in a circle. <laughs> in a circle. Whee! <laughs> you, you, you could drive from from the bay area to la you know and there's there's a hydrogen is, station is there any place there are hydrogen fueling stations there, there is but i hydrogen stations yeah. go offline for whatever reason like all, all pretty 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 regularly so i wouldn't trust um that's that's Do why they really are they, they just unreliable? sort of go off, they sort of just go offline you're like oh okay which is likely why um, honda and toyota both offered up like you know 14 or 21 days of free car rentals uh, you know, <laughs> for a year. you can't fuel up. <laughs> yeah, so if you wanted to go on a trip, you could get like a, I guess, a CRV or a, you know, Toyota's me, a, you know, a RAV4 or a Camry or whatever. So hmm. because I, uh, yeah. And there at one point there was a, there was a, a hydrogen, um, there was a shortage. And so you just couldn't get hydrogen. <laughs> So what the heck do you even do? Yeah. I guess that's they, like they would get, the they were, they were, they were, you, they were you, giving out cars. They were like, oh, here you go. You can rent this instead. Free rentals, free car rentals. So wow. like, you know, whatever the, I guess whatever dealer stock was available, they're like, um, like, I don't have know. Have this one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's. Yeah. For, fortunately, there weren't that many customers to deal with. So Yeah. The, the 12 know, people were like, hey. I was going to say all six of them had the free car of some other, yeah. well, some other one for the week. <laughs> for, for, for for what it's worth, you know, Toyota did sell, you know, I think about almost seven thousand of the first generation Mirai in California, um, and I think Honda and, and Hyundai have sold a couple of thousand of theirs. So I mean, it's not a lot, but I mean, there, there's you know, there's some out there. Um, but uh, you know, the e- the battery EV version of the Clarity was pretty bad. It had a very small battery and only had an eighty five mile range. Uh, you know, which was you know. They, um, unless you're only using it just to commute around town, it's pretty useless. They, they told me that it was they were they, they for, for instead of focusing on range, they were focused focusing on interior luxury. Did it have a luxurious yeah. interior? It was not. It was like Acura level interior ish. Okay. It was like it was like yeah. like between Acura and Honda. It was it was it was squishy. It was nice and and comfy. It was squishy. Is that the is that the measure of luxury? How squishy yeah, you're like, is oh, the interior? It was like, it was like a He's lazy squished. boy recliner. At a level of one when, to ten, when, if when it's you, a ten squish, it's luxury. When you press a surface, does it you know does it yeah? If, if, if okay. it squishes right. when you press a, a surface, like your yeah. finger gets test. stuck and you got to pull it out and it makes that sound. <laughs> So um, during a, a briefing the other day, uh, Dave Gardner, the executive VP of Honda of America, um, did say that you know while they're moving towards this all-electric future, they are going to significantly ramp up their hybrid offerings as well. And uh, I guess right now, the first half of this year, um, about 7% of Honda sales are hybrids. And they've got hybrids in the, um, in the, the Insight and in the CRV right now. Uh, and so... You know, they they plan to add hybrids across most of their power, their most of their product lineup over the next couple of years, and want to get that you know up to about uh, uh, 25 to 30 percent of sales being hybrids in the next few years, <clears throat> which you know, given you know where where Toyota has been going, that, you know that's not a bad strategy. Um, as far as the the prologue goes. Yeah, you know, he said that um, they expect sales volume for the Prologue to fall somewhere between the Passport and the Pilot, and the Passport sells about forty thousand units a year. Pilot's about one hundred and forty thousand. So that's 
Yeah, that's <laughs> that's your range somewhere somewhere that's in between pretty, though. There that's is where they expect the, car range. the prologue okay. to be. Okay, <laughs> somewhere between yeah. these two cars. So I mean, it could be forty-one thousand. You know, if they, <laughs> I mean, if they can sell fifty thousand prologues, that's that's not bad. That's, that's a, a good, start. That's, that's a good, a good start. number. That's more than that's more than Chevrolets ever sold bolts in a year. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you know, Chevy's never sold more than about twenty-five thousand bolts in a year. Is that really what the number is for so, the bolt? Oh my gosh. They also never like yeah. talk about the bolt after it's ever after it was initially uh, launched. They like had us all drive it like sixteen times, and then you never heard from them about the bolt again because they were like sort of focusing on fleet sales. They were just like, yeah, Shh. yeah. So, all right. Next up, um, Jeep. Um, if you were planning to get uh, a Grand Cherokee L, uh, and you were hoping to get it fairly soon. You might have to wait a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, we had some heavy rains here in southeast Michigan over the last few days, and there was flooding in quite a number of areas, including apparently um, a, a marshalling yard not far from Jeep's uh, Jefferson North Assembly Plant in Detroit, uh, where a whole bunch of Grand Cherokees, existing Grand Cherokees, Grand Cherokee Ls, and assorted other vehicles were parked. Uh, they were up to uh, pretty much up to the door handles in water in, in many cases. So I think a, a bunch of those vehicles are probably going to end up getting scrapped or, you know, refurbished and sold as used or something, you know, sent to auction. Um, so you may, <clears throat> you may have to wait a little bit longer um, if you were expecting an Excuse me, an early delivery of a Grand Cherokee Owl. There's like, there's pictures and it's just a, a, a flood of water and all you see are like rooftops <laughs> sticking out. And yeah. It's like, oh, that's painful. Oh. They just built those. <laughs> but Yeah, that, that always sucks when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for those that are into uh, classic cars um, and traffic jams, um, the Woodward Dream Cruise is coming back this year. Oh my God, that's me. I'm into both of those uh, things. You like driving it? Have, have, you, have either of you ever attended the Dream Cruise? No, I've always wanted to, and I have never attended. But one of these days, I will. I live too far away. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's basically you know about a 10-mile-long traffic jam you know, on a Saturday you know, from early in the morning until evening. You know, a, just a, a parking lot of you know, all kinds of classic and interesting and um, unusual, unique cars we've seen we've seen all kinds of strange stuff there um i generally don't uh go to it um because i don't like traffic jams uh, i can usually see a lot of those cars at various other places and um you know sitting on the side of woodward avenue is is not my uh not my cup of tea but uh but for those that enjoy the dream cruise uh, it was canceled last year for <clears throat> obvious reasons but uh it's back uh ford is sponsoring it this year and and um uh, Stellantis already announced that uh, they're going to be bringing back their um, uh, what, what they call their their drag strip nights. Uh, I forget uh, they basically they they set up a, a one eighth mile drag Ro strip is it road kill nights? somewhere. Road kill nights. That's there it. That's go. what I was looking for. They're bringing back road kill nights and um, doing some drag racing up uh, somewhere around the northern end of Woodward Avenue towards Pontiac. Um, so if you're, if you're, uh, if you're into that, it's coming back in August. Um, and, uh, Pebble beach will be going on, <laughs> I believe the same weekend. It's, that's always one of the things about, uh, about the dream cruise, depending on, on your, your 
taste in cars. You could either go to Pebble Beach and see the really expensive stuff or go to the Dream Cruise and see the other stuff. <laughs> you decide which end of the spectrum you want to. Which <coughs> would you go to? If you could pick Roberto, which one would you go to? You could oh. go Pebble or Woodward, only one. Okay, so I'm, I've been to Pebble uh, a bunch of times. Um, I don't want to get stuck in traffic, and I can just walk around Pebble. Also, when I'm at Pebble, I get to drive like weird cars. I, I don't think I'm gonna. They would. They would let people would let me drive their old car. So because <laughs> so, I, I don't know, I, you'd, you'd have to ask. Maybe you get to. Hey, buddy, can I drive your car? Sure, you look right. nice. Who the Here's hell are the keys. You? I'm that but, guy. But you know, at Pebble Beach, would you ever see an Amphicar or um, like an old 1960s Mini with? Uh, an Integra Type R engine mounted in the in the in the rear. Yeah. Oh, see, that's you? the thing is that you're not going to see like the 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 weird cars at Pebble Beach, like or the blues the Blues Brothers, you know, the Bluesmobile. Oh well, well now you tell me the Bluesmobile is going to be there. I've to hell with Pebble Beach. <laughs> <laughs> does it still does it still need a, a cigarette a new cigarette lighter? Probably. That's a point. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I really want to see if I had to pick I would pick Woodward just because I like all the fancy cars but I I'm not a fan of walking around and just looking at like oh there's a two million dollar limited edition one made and this one has I, meh, whatever it's cool okay move on I want to see like I love to see car I love the more real cars that people regular more regular people are driving and when they're like I decided to do this freaky weird thing to my car i'm like you go do you like i think that's cool i like seeing that kind of stuff okay i'm changing yeah, my plenty answer of one-offs at woodward yeah i'm gonna change my answer because i've seen um i've seen all the porsches and all the uh, old ferraris i right? ever need to see i've been to pebble beach enough times where i'm like all right i saw this one last year oh look see? there's there's another hudson okay cool like fancy awesome. cars are cool <laughs> fancy cars are fancy they're beautiful they're amazing you're but afraid you... to walk too close because if i don't know like the the edge of your watch touches the paint and you scratch it you just cost that person 2.5 million dollars like i'd be afraid walking around at pebble beach i would be afraid walking around at woodward <laughs> i have to I, I, you want to you want to hear a fun a fun story if you cover the actual if you're a journalist and you go to the actual uh concourse um, you have to have a $1 million uh, umbrella. Um, yeah, you have to have, have a $1 million umbrella liability uh, policy. So Are every you, year. In case you accidentally bonk one of yeah, those cars. While, with while your, I'm like, walking around or... with a camera or whatever. <gasps> um, you don't need it to like cover everything else, but in order to get to it and get like the press pass, you have to show wow. off a, a $1 million. So every year, whenever I would do it, I, when I was at Engadget, I would have to tell my, 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 my EIC, who would then find the insurance person and then they would print out a piece of paper or they'd send me a pdf and i would send it over to them and then they wow yeah no See? It's, it's no it's, joke so my, my it's a huge pain of, in the ass and i probably won't do of, it like, this year accidentally scratching a paint or doing something to a car is not unwarranted because for them to make you carry that being some idiot journalist like me has managed to do that and cost some guy several million dollars to fix the paint job in the ferrari you've seen now three years in a row <laughs> i think they do it just to keep the the keep the the sort of um the influence and the, the riffraff and the riffraff who are there they're like well we don't really trust you like everyone else there is very fancy compared to me like there's a instead of taco stands they have like caviar stands so yeah i'm i'm, I'm i take the tacos see that's the wrong about i thing. mean i want to I, see yeah, that all the time but i would absolutely taco take stand, the taco caviar yeah, i would take the taco stand ta- taco, taco stand every time oh um, speaking speaking of taco stands 
What, Ooh. One thing we forgot to mention on the last episode. Are we episode, talking about tacos now? The, Yum. Okay, for, go ahead. <laughs> yes. One, one, we, 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 we neglected to mention that when we arrived in Austin for the Bronco Drive, they took us to a place in Austin called Fair Market, and they had oh, a, yeah. a taco truck or a taco trailer there. They had the most amazing brisket tacos. Oh, it was so fantastic. good. Yes. Any- so if you're, if you're ever in Austin, look what for Taco it? Bronco and get taco- the brisket tacos. Was really good. Taco Bronco. Every any drive program yeah. that includes tacos is the best drive. There was a Porsche uh, Cayenne drive program up in Northern California a few years ago, and for lunch we had tacos, and I'm still talking about it. I don't remember what I had on an Audi drive. <laughs> it was probably like some fancy sandwich or steak or whatever. I don't care. Um, okay, but, the last yeah. the, the last one I can really remember is that the the Toyota Palooza they had in Plano. There's a place called Hutchins Barbecue that catered the event at the track, and it was so good I ordered the barbecue and got it at home, and we ate it last weekend, and it was amazing. So Hutchins Barbecue, go online, order yeah. that stuff. That stuff's amazing. So there you go, food tips and car information. <laughs> Excellent, we've got it all covered. We, we have it all covered. All right. So. so uh, one one last news item that I, I added on here after we started recording that I remembered. Um, I had a visit earlier this week. Um, it's, I believe it's uh, the, f- the first visit I've ever had from a billionaire, um, Austin <laughs> Russell from uh, uh, from Volvo, or for, from Lovell, from Luminar, uh, stopped by uh, with one of their vehicles with uh, with their lidar sensors on there, and uh, got some information um, about a big announcement that came out from. Uh, Luminar and Volvo. Last year, Volvo announced that on the next generation XC90 that launches in 2022, uh, it's going to feature uh, a some sort of automated driving system that Mr. Russell is describing as a level four system. We'll see if it actually qualifies for that. Um, but uh, they would be using Luminar LiDAR. And then uh, this week, they actually announced that that hardware is actually going to be installed as standard equipment on every vehicle with their new SPA2 platform, starting with the XC90. Um, so, you know, they're, you know, what you'll, uh, what they're doing is they're, they're kind of following the pattern of Tesla, where they install all the hardware for autopilot on every vehicle, um, and then eventually they take some of it away from you. <laughs> Um, but they, <laughs> is that what they plan to do? Volvo, the, good to know. The new, the, the, the new Volvos um, are going to have you know a full suite of sensors and compute, including luminar, lidar, uh, cameras, radar, and all powered by an NVIDIA Orin-based uh, um, uh, computer, uh, and that's got like 200 trillion operations per second uh, from that chip. <clears throat> and uh, then the base versions will have. Uh, kind of a level two uh, driver assist uh, functionality, like hands-free driving on the highway. Um, and then optional with an over-the-air software update, you can get what they're calling a level four system. I still haven't had a chance to talk to Volvo about it to find out what's really going on there. Uh, but <clears throat> basically, when you get the level four, now you're talking hands off, eyes off, brain off. You know, according to Austin, you can, you can take a nap while you're using this, uh, while driving on the highway. But Austin might we'll say you can take that. a nap. But will the TSA and everybody else say you can take a nap? Not TSA. And it's a, whatever government agency it is. I'm just going to pick one. Yeah, we, will they we, say that it's okay to, to – that's that's the kicker, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't know. But uh, but they're definitely going to have standard LiDAR on uh, on uh, on all the vehicles they build. Uh, so that's, that's kind of interesting. That is interesting. 
It is. And, and, and to, to, to be right. honest, when it comes to the trusting um, ADAS systems and level four, um, Volvo has a pretty good track record with safety. That's kind of their jam. So if they're like, yeah, we're going to do yeah. it. And you're like, oh, kind of maybe. Well, our jam is safety. That's our jam our is safety. It's our jam. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, one of the interesting things is Volvo was the first automaker to actually come out and announce that, you know, when they release automated driving systems, when the system is in automated mode, they are taking complete responsibility, complete liability for anything that happens. So right. if you're using this this automated mode and there's a crash or something goes wrong, Volvo is accepting liability for that. Which um, is a huge you know, step. Saying, Has anybody else They're not saying that, that the driver is responsible. Has anyone um, else made that kind of commitment to we have that kind of faith in our system that if it doesn't work right, we're going to say, oops, our bad. I don't think so. I mean, every, so. every automaker, w with, with one exception that I've talked to, you know, has basically said that off the record. I don't think Yeah, but it's the on the record part. They all tell you that. behind. So yeah. nobody yeah. else. So just, okay, go yeah. Volvo. Yeah. I, I believe they're the, the only ones so far. But they're also the, the only ones so far that are going to, you know, that have said that they're putting such a system on sale for consumers. So this is not a robo taxi. This is this is going to be automated highway driving. Uh, so it's not not even city driving. So we'll see. I, I you know I don't know, but I mean, they're, Volvo has definitely said that they're going to take responsibility for it. All right, let's wrap it up with uh, some listener questions. Uh, first one up from Speedmaster. Um, have you heard of anything the size of a Ford Maverick coming from any manufacturer that might have a real four-wheel drive system, either part-time with a transfer case or maybe a Torsen or similar center diff? Have either of you heard of anything? I mean, the only other similar vehicle I know of that's been announced is the Santa Cruz, and it yeah, doesn't. That's, it's just a, that's the only thing I can drive. think of is Santa Cruz. So Maybe they'll make a baby me. gladiator. Wouldn't that be nice, like a little tiny yeah. gladiator? I would yeah, be, well, I, I mean, would be there, into there's that. been speculation I mean, that's not that gonna happen, but you know. was going to do a small, yeah. Well, I mean, there's been speculation for a while that Stellantis would launch a small, you know, a, com a compact pickup uh, for Ram, um, and you know, it, if when they if and when they do, you know, it'll probably share a platform with Jeeps. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they offer you know such a system on on a ramp on a small Ram pickup or a small Jeep pickup if that's what they brand it as. Aren't they the uh, only ones that, I'm it, just trying to think, they're the only ones who don't have something that size. Like, everybody has a wee truck except for Ram, right? All the truck people. Uh, no, right now there's just the Maverick and the Santa Cruz. I mean, GM yeah. doesn't okay. have anything. Yeah. Um, nobody nobody else is offering a smaller everything truck is, like that right now. Not that else small, but I mean, there's up. like sort of, yeah, that's true. They are all a step up. Like, that's yeah, true. Yeah, the Ridgeline, the Tacoma. I'm trying to make, Ranger. like, the Tacoma the same size, but you're right, it's not. The Maverick's smaller. Yeah, yeah no, it's quite a bit larger. Um, you know, I... I wouldn't be surprised, you know, the Maverick share is on Ford's C2 platform, which is also used for the Bronco Sport, which does have a quote-unquote proper four-wheel drive system. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they they offer that four-wheel drive system, you know, in maybe something like a, a Maverick Raptor, <laughs> you know, or, or a, Ma uh, a, a Maverick, um, uh, well, what what they call the uh, what was the Ranger that I drove a couple weeks ago? Tremor. Uh, Tremor. I'm, I'm, yeah, Maverick Tremor. Yeah, so maybe maybe they'll do a Maverick Tremor with with a four wheel drive from the uh, from the Bronco Sport. 
Man. I like Maverick it's, Raptor. It's certainly doable. That sounds cool. I think so, yeah, Raptor. Raptor sounds way better than Tremor. Tremor's just yeah, a Maverick thing that Tremor. happens after an earthquake. You're like, oh, we're having some Tremor, some aftershock. Maverick Raptor, that's like, that is after you run. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah, it's yeah. a clever girl. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, another one from Speedmaster. Um, <laughs> what's the horizon look like for battery technology improvements? <coughs> Any chance we could be close to doubling or tripling um, the uh, battery energy density. It seems like that's the big roadblock at this point. So um, I've actually, as it happens, I've been working on a project uh, for my, my day job <coughs> on uh, this very topic uh, for a client. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of companies that are working on solid state batteries, which they claim will, you know, double the, uh, the energy density. I don't think we'll get to tripling any time in the foreseeable future. Unless you know somebody comes up with some magic new chemistry, but um, I think it's it's reasonable that by the end of this decade, you know, by, or by later in this decade, we will have some solid state batteries that do double the energy density. And you know, when you, when you double the energy density, now you have the option of you can keep the same range as you had before, and you know, so if it's two hundred mile, two hundred fifty miles, or three hundred miles, keep that range, but you can make the battery half the size and half the weight. And so, you know, that makes it more efficient. It also reduces the cost, makes it easier to package. Or you can, you know, keep the same battery, physical battery size, and, and double the range. Um, so, you know, that stuff's coming. Uh, GM is working with a company called SES um, in Massachusetts that uh, um, they're building a, a pilot production facility that they plan to be uh, building um, cells, for, prototype cells in 2023. Um, Ford's, Ford and BMW are both uh, investors in a company called Solid Power that um, has cells. And they, they're going to—they're uh, actually going to have cells that Ford is going to be testing in vehicles next year in 2022. Um, and uh, of course, there's QuantumScape, um, which is uh, has Volkswagen as its big partner, and they're also making some big claims for their solid-state cells. So that's that's kind of the next big thing on the horizon, but probably not until after 2025. Yeah, I mean, Toyota and Samsung are both working on something. And what's nice is that you get that, you know, you can get that yeah. smaller battery because you because of the the density, but it also charges quicker. So you you know you're you're feeling oh yeah well, I can get I get 250 thing. miles of range, but now I can charge in like five minutes like I do with my car. That may I mean that's, that's the dream. Yeah. So, that's more exciting than the range because yeah, just to get it to be able to I, I want EVs to be like just gassing up your car. Boom, you go in, you got you fuel yeah. up and you're gone. That's and what I want. It's lighter, so you you know, you're hitting you know, everything about the, the the dream of solid state is is a wonderful dream. And I felt like it's always been five years away, but recently it feels like the five years <laughs> always is actually five. It's always been five years away. Um <laughs> It's really is it really five from today? Should I start counting from it's this? Kind date? of five years from but I feel like now because <laughs> so many five five to ten. Five to ten. Um, oh, see already. Sam's like uh, five to ten. So another five years ago. It's five years now. <laughs> yeah, there, there's. You know, I've been I've been following this stuff long enough to know never to count on it actually being it's, five it's years. Only five years away, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I feel like there's enough like it's like like fuel people like with big 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 deep pockets are actually being like oh you know what if we really want to make battery electric more um, exciting to the person who doesn't live in California or the person who, who actually does have to do those long drives, which again is not a lot of people, but you know, as Americans, we always think we're going to go on a 400, 500 mile road trip, which you know most of us actually don't do very often. Um, but 
for peace of all. mind, yeah, or at all, really. Like, yeah. So, uh, but for peace of mind, which is something that we 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 really enjoy here in this country, um, you really got to have something that says, hey, you know, you get 300 miles of range out of this car. Oh, by the way, you can just go to the place like you would when you're, you know, when you're, you're like when you're gassing up your regular car. You can just go there, plug it in, go inside, get a big gulp, get some beef jerky, get back out in your car, and you're you're good to go. And that's that's when people would be like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, that yeah, this is cool, dope, I'm yeah. down. Yeah, that that is you know <clears throat> one of the big promises of solid state, and we'll see if see if that happens. And solid state cells should also be um, safer. Um, and that's one of the reasons why you can charge it faster because, you know, one of the, one of the <clears throat> problems with existing batteries is, you know, in between the, uh, the electrodes and the, and the cells, it's all filled in with an electrolyte material. It's a, it's a chemical compound that contains oxygen. And if you get a short circuit in the battery, if two of the electrodes touch and you, it starts to heat up and what happens is the, uh, um, you heat up that electrolyte and it actually gives off oxygen. So, you know, when you have a, a grease fire in your stove, you know, or you're even, you know, a gas car that catches, you know, crashes and catches fire, you can smother that flame, you know, just put a lid over it or smother it with foam or water or whatever, and, you know, it'll go out because you're starving the fire of oxygen. But with a battery, if a fire starts, or with current batteries, if a fire starts, it's actually, even once you smother it, it's still generating oxygen internally from the electrolyte and feeding it. That's why it sometimes takes four or six hours to extinguish a battery fire instead of five minutes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, with uh, solid-state batteries, you get rid of that liquid electrolyte material that's got oxygen in it. It's, it's all literally solid, hence the name. And so you, it can't do that. It, it, won't, it won't have a fire that uh, can go on indefinitely like that. Yeah, no, solid state's the, that's the, I don't want to say magic bullet, but it's, it's, it's kind of magic. It's kind of magic. Yeah, it is kind of magic. The, <laughs> the, the issue right now is that they only last like five charges. <laughs> they don't allow a hundred charges or 150 yeah, charges. That's, their that's longevity is kind of magic. That's, that's yeah. one of the, <laughs> that's one of that's like, one a, of the issues. Yeah. I mean, they're also really hard to make. Yeah. Ah, pff, we can make All them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more from, from Adam this time. Uh, just something of note. Uh, in a lot of ways, Forza has replaced car magazines for young kids. Uh, my 12-year-old enjoys the visuals and learning about the tech in cars. When I was his age, I had subscriptions to four car mags. Bonus, Forza doesn't appear to demean women. Um, that's actually a really interesting point. What, what do you guys think about uh, you know, driving no, games these, those, being the, the new replacement for car I don't car think magazines? they're new. I think it's been around for a long time. At uh, Gran Turismo, I think most of my friends learned about Skylines because of Gran Turismo. They learned about the the STI. They learned about all these cars that they could unlock in the in this video game from the late '90s, and then they became very interested in them. You know, I I worked with with uh, with 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 guys who are younger than me, um, for a little well for a lot a lot of my time. Uh, but you know when they were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get this car, and I you know I'm like, oh where, how'd you learn about this car? Because usually you know, you, you know car and driver or, or motor week or whatever you know they're like oh it was in the video game and then you know you, you sort of like understand and learn about the driving dynamics of the vehicle from the video game and so i think it's it's been a it's kind of been around for a while i know a guy who got an sti because of uh gran turismo in the late 90s 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think it, it isn't new. I think people, kids have been getting into cars that way for years now. I think adults get into cars that way, playing that, and suddenly they're seeing things. You don't even have to be a kid. You're just you're just an adult. You play that game. You're like, what is that? Suddenly, now it's on your wish list. You know, I, I think that's replaced car magazines for a lot of people and a lot of kids. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good, they're good. I think I like video games, though. I think they're good things. And I think games like that are fun because they teach, they share stuff that's real, you know, like real car. Those are real cars. They aren't, you know, you're learning something that's a real thing. And I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have a, a PS4 and, you know, so I haven't played Forza. Um, but, uh, you know, Gran Turismo, you can go in and, tweak the suspension settings you know there's all kinds of stuff you can change in there and change the behavior of the car and you know they they actually do a remarkably good job of modeling the physics of the cars and so you can you can really feel the difference in the behavior of the car you know when you go in and change spring rates change the roll center change the stabilizer bars um you know change the brake balance all this stuff is you know it's it's really cool um i personally i i like um Gran Turismo, because you know, I I prefer a game you know where I'm racing on the track rather than an open worlds game, um, or at least like Forza Horizons. You know, they've got a couple of different versions of Forza, um, but uh, you know, I, I, it gives you know, it's, it gives me an opportunity to play around on the track with a lot of different kinds of cars that I wouldn't normally get to drive. Um, and I, I like the point that Adam makes, you know, about uh, you know not demeaning women. You know, I think I think it is, you know, all of these games are you know are quite neutral in that respect you know that um you know it's it's not they're not really geared to male or female you know it's anybody that wants to play you know you you don't see um you know people in uh you know scantily clad or anything like that you know it's it's really it's about the cars and about the driving yeah i would agree i think that and i think you know the, the miata i think is a good um example i think the miata was for a long time was sort of like it was pigeonholed as a, a car for for women, or a car for gay men, and that's that's and you know you you read some some automobile magazines in the 90s, and that's what they were like sort of pigeonholing it as. And then these kids were all playing this game. They're like, oh man, the Miata is really cool, and it it's sort of like it. You know, now you have a spec Miatas driving around courses nonstop. Like you know, that's that's the <laughs> that's the the go to car. The answer is Miata. Miata. Um, well, and you know, it gives them. It, Miata like, is always the answer. Miata is always, always the answer. answer. But the games give you the cars. They're they're just the cars. You've yeah. got the car. What you do with it, what you make of it, what you decide, you think about it, or what it means to you is all based on just how you play it, how you change settings, how you adjust things. There's no, like you said, Roberto. There's no journalist. There's no one portraying it as well. This car is for. Nope. nope. If you like this in the game, if you think it looks cool, and you one day want to drive this. Then it is the car for you. It it removes that that idea that you've been told the only person who can drive this is fill in the blank, which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, I mean, reading, I look back on a lot of the car magazines and some of the stories, and there, the, yeah, you read some of this stuff from the the 90s, even the early 2000s. You're like, oh my god, this is cringy. Who who allowed this? And they just, <laughs> and to be honest, there's still some of those people out there who still write like that, and I I I am concerned. Uh, <laughs> That they're just... But there's fewer and fewer people. There are like fewer that. and fewer. As, every as... every year, I think the number of people who who do that kind of thing and the and the number of uh, readers who accept that kind of thing is is 
you know, it's people shrinking. don't want that. Yeah. It's shrinking. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, wait, my, you know, I, and, you know, for me, my, my, my mom's the person who taught me how to drive fast. My dad's the person who taught me how to fix cars. So it was like the idea that like, oh, well, you know, one of my favorite magazines in the 90s was Sport Compact Car. Sport Compact Car, it was always interviewing dudes with pictures of scantily clad women. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're moving away from that. And uh, if you're playing Forza, you, that's not even a thing. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Any uh, last thoughts? Uh, I can't wait for next week. I have a fun car next week. <laughs> oh, I have a fun it's a car. teaser. It's going to tease it's us with the, the fun car. I, you know what? It's I wanna... fun. It makes your Mercedes look like me. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to 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 amend my my Bronco Sport uh, tirade from uh, the last. What I think, I liked uh, the tirade. Okay, so I still so I so this is I'm gonna I'm just gonna quickly say um, there have been a few cars that I've driven over the years that I've gotten so excited about or I've had such high expectations of that when I get in them I'm slightly disappointed. The Supra, I know no one should be disappointed in the Supra. Supra is a great car. The first time I the first time I drove it the first hours was like, eh. And then I drove it for a little bit longer, and I started, I'm like, oh, this car's great. It's the same, I think the Bronco Sport, I think I got so sort of wrapped up in the hype of the Bronco. And I, again, I'm not a fan of the, the, the steering, but I think everything else, it's fine. It's it's a pretty car. Um, oh, come sell. on. I saw one on the highway the other day. I'm like, oh, there's the car that Roberto hates. And I don't I can't hate think it. That. I just hate the steering. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 am, I am. So there's the car that Roberto hates the steering on. There you go. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay. I'll think that. And, next you know, time. I, right, I'm just going to, in my review, when I do my video review of it, I'm essentially just going to tell everybody get the bigger engine um, and drive it around the block a few times. Do a lot of cornering. If it's fine for you, it'll be fine. Um, it is, uh, yeah. Also, it hit me in the head a couple times with the with the with the tailgate. The tailgate's at the perfect height where it hits me right in the head, where I can't see it. So I feel like it was. Yeah, well, if you weren't eight feet tall, I feel like it was attacking me. I feel like the car might have been attacking me. Um, it was mad at you, smack. It, so it it could it could sense your attitude towards the it steering. It could feel the anger. On you. Yeah, yeah. That that the steering just I don't know why. Anyway, yeah. So it is not as horrible as I made it out to be. Um, okay. Unless you are just a you nitpick about steering, then maybe just go drive around a corner. Then it's horrible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.